So I won't be uh, speaking much, we're going to go straight into meditation. So whatever problems you're experiencing in life, no matter how slight they may appear to be, but think especially of the problems that seems to come back even though at times we had the experience that they were gone but sometime later they resurface and which makes them especially annoying and it is the appearance of the resurfing of these problems that can put the poison of discouragement in our minds. So what can we do to really deal with those problems? So let your mind aspire to that antidote. Don't create the antidote. Just open your mind to whatever that antidote may be. Just right now, this moment, there is a degree of conviction that it will bring you content, some degree of contentment, some degree of satisfaction.
and yet you are asked to meditate on Mahamudra. What has that got to do with your problems and your aspirations? of aspiration, the emotion of desperately wanting to be free of a problem, direct them towards Mahamudra. Somehow get yourself convinced that the experience of Mahamudra will solve problems. The experience of Mahamudra will help you achieve your aspirations. experience any slight measure of, of a conviction that yes indeed Mahamudra is the answer. The experience of Mahamudra will help you become free of this annoying problem and the experience of Mahamudra will place in the very palm of your hands all the satisfaction you seek will help you fulfill all your aspirations. So you want that level of conviction in Mahamudra, of faith in Mahamudra to be steady. It doesn't need to be powerful, strong, but just of whatever level of conviction you may have. So go back and forth. To the problem, seeking solution, and then make the conclusion, Mahamudra, and then look for that sense of conviction. And try to isolate that conviction. 
object that you can just look at. Just just that experience itself. Hear your intentions and your body itself is tired of those annoying problems. Your body itself also aspires to that degree of satisfaction. So there's no need for you to force your body to contort to some form of compliance. Your body already has your aspiration, is also tired of your problems. Placed by a sense of body being of energy. And it will go back and forth, flesh and blood, energy, both. More flesh and blood, less energy. More energy, less, less flesh and blood. And have the sense of the body just 
relaxing and sinking into its natural sense of tranquility. same way just let the body find its natural sense of tranquility you're going to allow the breath to find its natural sense of tranquility hold strongly to your intentions
stay loosely mindful on that sense of tranquility. This will be your bridge to have a palpable sense of mind. Not just an idea that you have a mind, but a palpable sense of the sense of the body in some sort of subtle form, the breath in some subtle form, the sense of tranquility in the breath and the body. So there will there will arise on its own a perception that you can call mind. Let your mind be mind loosely mindful of that while you continue to observe the breath. And you may go back and forth between the breath minor adjustments here and there so that you can either stabilize or enhance the sense of the more subtle experience on the breath unbroken. Do one cycle, then do two, then three. Keep increasing it as long as you are able to maintain the flow of your awareness unbroken. stability and are able to maintain the same level of continuity of awareness with the next number. And don't pass judgments. Don't say you're no good. Don't say you're too good. Whatever's happening, just accept it.
shivering. Memories are flashing vividly. Don't go after them. Don't chase them away.
is steadied. Palpable sense of mind. Experiencing some measure of tranquility. within that sense of mind. That is whatever you're experiencing, even if you're still aware of the body in some form. Let it happen within the sense of Within that sense of mind, again, make your intentions clear. of that presence, bring that presence to the level of your eyebrows, feel that you are physically, palpably in the presence of your infallible guide. Or you can go through the
and blood. sense of conviction that the infallible means to fulfill all that you wish to fulfill is right here in front of you. that measure of conviction, express reverence, gratitude, and entrust yourself take a refuge.
So whatever patterns of thought, patterns of thinking, whatever actions you have habituate yourself to, that is creating strong aspiration to become clear about all of them and strengthen your devotion turn to your infallible guide for aid leads to conducive states for you to experience Mahamudra. So make a strong determination to do these actions, to undertake, to, be, to develop these habits. And the habits that you are not clear about beg for blessings so you can come to know them. For the habits that you already know but for somehow you find yourself
yourself and just gently, softly start thinking about others, those others who may have the same problems, same aspirations, and have strong, compassionate prayers for them, and beg your infallible guide to help them also. relationship with. difficult for you to do, then begin with someone that you have natural sense of love and compassion for.
your concern for others being the purpose of the meditation becomes stronger and stronger but it doesn't erase that you were also doing this to resolve your problems and achieve your aspirations but they are now in the background Feel the momentum and the surge of determination. See how it's making the body feel, how it's affecting the breath, how it's making you aware of the mind. appearing as mind. become aware of the body of flesh and blood.
Okay. Uh, you gonna go back again to meditation? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are going to do some more investigation or experimenting with the, uh, the, devote, the path of devotion to Mahamudra. And that has to do with uh, somehow convincing yourself that the experience of Mahamudra that you are aspiring after, that you feel the need for, the need to experience, already exists in the mind of the object of your devotion. And because it is the object of your devotion, readiness to give you that experience to transmit that experience to you directly to your mind and somehow you have to convince yourself that's that's the reality okay uh, there was a a nun I forgot sorry I forgot her name a nun would live at the time of the Buddha who used uh, devotion as a means to achieve arhathood. Uh, her meditation was to simply uh, uh, meditate on uh, uh, a review uh, 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 a certain line of thoughts that strengthen her devotion to the Buddha uh, and to the point where uh, it said that one day she was so she was able to bring forth so much devotion to the Buddha that she physically started to levitate. And her devotion to the Buddha was so strong, even though she didn't know what the Buddha was, she suddenly found herself I mean, physically taken to the presence of the Buddha. Okay. And it's not that the Buddha never taught anyone this meditation before, or Buddha Buddha give her some secret instructions that was only for her. It was instruction that Buddha gave out to everybody. But she had this extra uh, uh, practice of devotion. And then through that, and doing that meditation, she was able to do that. She was able to do this incredible, uh, she was able to do this incredible feat. And through a devotion to the Buddha, she, uh, she was able to have a, I guess, have the experience that led to achieving a, a hardhood. Okay. So, even though it may appear that through the path of devotion that you, you're not really doing anything yourself, you jo- you you're sort of like, you know, uh, resigning everything to the object of your devotion that they will do it for you. So it seemed like uh, you're just being lazy. You're not really doing anything, but. To be able to get to that level of devotion requires a lot of work. Okay, and then the example of that nun who was able to do, you know, to levitate without even wanting to levitate, and to find herself physically taken uh, to the presence of the Buddha without knowing where the Buddha, the Buddha was, without even uh, having the thought or let me be taken physically to the presence of the Buddha. 
just through her devotion. That power of devotion came from a lot of work. Okay. And, it, and that kind of devotion, uh, the training for that kind of devotion uh, seems to negate, you could say, logic. It's not that it is a completely illogical path, but in the training itself, there is a sense of negating logic. Uh, in the training itself, there's a sense of, of uh, just not doing anything yourself, just letting things happen to you. Okay. And that seems to be uh, it seems to be easy, like uh, you know, just don't do anything. But when you consider that we are so well trained, we've had countless lives of doing things, trying to get things. The habit, this habit, is not easy to to, to break. So it requires a lot of energy to break the habit of for making yourself do something in order for you to get something. So, in those many countless lives that you've had, you you may have had, uh, may have done this practice. You may have the, the the propensity to gain realization to that practice. So you bring to mind the object of your devotion, and then you lay upon that object of devotion all kinds of labels. Okay, and then there must be some part of you that is completely convinced about all those labels that you're putting on that object. Okay. If, if there is any, a, any doubt, not that there, there will never be any doubt, you must resolve that doubt in some form or another. Okay. And it must, must not be uh, a resolution that, con that contradicts, no, that, that contradicts, uh, that goes against another conviction that you have. You understand that? You can't put a label that you feel you need in order for your devotion to be to, to have the power and the strength it needs on the object. And yet while you already are entertaining a conviction that is a, that is a opposite of that. Okay? That, that's what I mean. Uh, if you're already convinced that if he spits that's a sign that uh, you know he has no realizations. You're convinced of that, and you're going to try to convince yourself, oh, he has all the realizations. So those two things are sort of contradictory, and you can't. And, and, and one of them has to cancel the other. Another uh, for there to be any kind of a. Uh, uh, Any kind of a moving forward, okay. And I and I use that example because it's it's you know it's silly and it's and and, and we might we may even have certain uh, convictions like that, okay. Or we cannot be because of that, okay. If that is a conviction, then that is something that you have to address, and you have to address it in a way that is realistic, okay. And the path of devotion. The failure of the path of devotion has to do with uh, not realizing what, uh, or not realizing our convictions, 
or denying our convictions and uh, trying we think the path of devotion is really sort of brainwashing ourselves to believe something that we don't believe in that's not the path of devotion the path of devotion is complete uh, uh, conviction okay all those things that you believe in you are completely convinced about uh, of them and you have and you're not afraid of being challenged about those convictions okay if you're afraid of being challenged then there's a doubt that you're that you're hiding which is blocking you from making uh, from making the gaining the full realization that you can through the path of devotion okay now the path of devotion is not for everyone but it is something that everyone needs some measure of okay you can uh, you can still achieve realizations saying oh uh, because that person spits is a sign of lack of, of uh, realization and still since the path of devotion is not your path you can still gain realizations even though you're holding on to that conviction okay because there is still something else that you are convinced that you have a conviction about that even though he spits he can still lead me to the realization that I seek okay there, there must be that also or even though he spits I can uh, uh, still uh, uh, through my own ability to achieve that particular uh, uh, realization okay so that's for the uh, non-devote non the one who's not in in the entirely in the path of devotion okay now uh, it's it's very it's it's uh, very interesting how in the uh, in the what should I say can't say in the Hindu tradition because it's not really Hindu. Let's say the yoga tradition. Okay, in the yoga tradition, uh, where they sort of like categorize a different path, and there's we've all heard of it. Uh, what's the path of devotion called again? In yoga, bhakti. bhakti yeah. It, uh, what I'm d- describing has a lot of the uh, no, the essence and the elements of bhakti, but it's not. You cannot. I mean, you can call it bhakti if you want to, but it's not uh, like it's not like there's in Buddhism. There's a or you know, final sutra. You, you may not even. I don't think I've seen the word bhakti, but 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 the the essence of it is is the same. So in the yoga tradition, where they say, say okay, this one is for the bhakti, this one is for the uh, jnana and, and, the, and the other things. So when you're in the path of bhakti. And, and the, your teacher is teaching you, guiding you through the path of bhakti. The teacher will tell you, "There's no path higher than this. You should wish that everyone would find this path." And of course, when the teacher of jnana is teaching, he says, "There's no path higher than this. You should wish that everyone would be joining this path. Those poor bhaktis, they will never get it." Okay, and those who are doing bhakti say, "Oh, if only they had bhakti, <laughs> they wouldn't have those old problems." The thing is, when you are in the particular path, you have to be completely convinced that it is the path that will lead you to your realization. Okay. And in the training, you have to go through this almost, you know, infantile uh, uh, path, infant, and, you know, kind of childish kind of a, a training of saying, "Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best." So you can get some sort of confidence. Okay. Because it's the confidence that is necessary. 
So, uh, saying all that about devotion, so we're gonna see, <laughs> test ourselves to see if we are, have the propensity for for bhakti, for uh, devotion. Okay. So you have to uh, somehow make yourself convinced that what you're seeking is in the um, can be gained through the object of devotion. So the experience of Mahamudra is in the infallible guide, and the infallible guide is just going to put it in your mind. Okay, because the infallible guide, you're so devoted, you're so open, you're so. Uh, uh, the, 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 your understanding of the compassion of the infallible guide is that because of your understanding of his, of, of, of his or her compassion that's what her compassion will make happen okay it will just plop it in your mind okay and the only thing that stands between you and that experience are things within you within you all you have to do is just remove them or, or, or calm them down so that the experience can happen. Okay. So you're gonna try to get to that level of conviction, and then at some point say, "Okay, now I'm ready." And then, okay, let me get the. I'm ready to to be given the experience of Mahamudra. And when, when the uh, the infallible guide becomes into your mind, then the experience is given. All you have to do is now just experience it okay now how does this in a practical way how do you practice this because it's not like you're gonna get Mahamudra experience as soon as you do this you have to do this over and over again so the over and over again is the ah the conviction w wasn't stable so I have to do something about stabilizing the conviction and just do that okay that's that's how I, I don't think I can do any more than this level of Okay, let me, let me use this. And then wait for the Mahamudra experience to just appear. Just like the subtle, the subtle awareness of the body appeared. Just like the subtle awareness of the breath appeared. Just like the presence of the mind appeared. So the Mahamudra is just going to appear. Okay? And this is not different than what the mind I had before. This is not Mahamudra. I go back again. You keep doing this over and over again. Okay? So that's... That, that what you're strengthening in here is your devotion. Don't worry about the clarity of how you see the the the, the, the infallible guide. Don't worry about you know, uh, uh, any other thing other than your pure conviction in your devotion. Those are the things that you're strengthening. Okay, and then letting go the sense of letting go. Okay. All right. So you have a minus. <laughs> Minus time, okay. We're gonna meditate backwards in time. <laughs> By the time we finish, it will be 8 30. <laughs> okay, ready? Now go to the
again your intentions. Vivid memory of the sense of the body. Stabilize it. The breath, stabilize it. The mind, stabilize it. And the infallible guide. The conviction.
yourself. Tranquility, the thoughts of your selfless concerns, and fill that space with your compassion, with your love. awareness you may have of the might and the power that is in this experience of your mind filled with love and compassion not directed towards the fulfillment of what you're concerned about now to come out of meditation but whatever positive experience you gain you wish to carry it with you in your everyday life so with this thought bring your awareness to the breath very feeling of the breath bring back your awareness of the body of flesh and blood
so. May this demonstration of your devotion in this very night, staying here so late, <laughs> may it help you alleviate, if not all your problem, but at least a good portion of it. And if it doesn't bring the full realization of your aspiration, at least a good experience of it.